Hello, and welcome to another episode of Navigating Life with Coach Lowe. I am so excited, y'all. I'm always excited about my guests because they are the bomb.com. Today, I have my sister in Daughters of Promise, um, Kashanya Tillis. I am so glad to have you on. She is an amazing woman of God, and she has an amazing testimony to share. She is, she is a lot of amazing things, but I am going to allow her to share all of her amazement with you, our audience. So thank you so much for joining us today. Kashanya, please share with the audience a little bit about who is this Miss Tillis? Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Lolita, for having me on today with Navigating Life. It is a pleasure and an honor to be here with someone who is just equally as amazing and compelling and who loves to pour into the lives of others as you. So thank you for this platform. Thank you for the opportunity to share. So as stated, my name is Kashanya Tillis. I am a daughter of Christ, and that is the most important of what I am, a daughter of Christ, a child of the King. I'm also a wife of a wonderful husband, and I have two daughters. So I'm um, mommy squared, and they are some little busybodies, but I love every bit of motherhood. In addition, I am a healthcare professional. I'm a nurse practitioner and I care for children in the pediatric sector of the medical profession. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is the sorority that I am a part of and I love to sing and I am recently a new co-author with Sister Lolita, a daughter <laughs> of promise. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. It is just a delight. Uh, it was it was awesome to receive our author's copies uh, yes. when we ordered them and to actually hold the tangible book, to actually hold it. Which way is it? This. Okay. I'm right here with you, girl. I'm right here with you. <laughs> to, to actually hold it in your hand, it was just such an amazing, amazing feeling of accomplishment, right? And so Correct. I was so glad to be able to hold the evidence in my hands, right? Right. And so right. Uh, in reading your story, I was just like, wow. But I, I even think back to our, our pre-interview and I was just, there was, there was so many different thoughts that were like, swimming in my head and I was just like wow this is an amazing story she is an amazing woman and you were doing amazing things and then this thing just kind of dropped on you and so you talk about the evidence of God's gentleness tell us something mm -hmm. about what that gentleness that gentleness is all about cuz i was just like wow just god's <laughs> love and care i was i was wild so let's do yes, it yes yes so 
gentleness. So gentleness um, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. So anything that we can expect to be listed for us to walk out in life, it's also something that God himself is going to show us. He can show us that. And we're able to rely on that in him. So in my story, I got to see God be so gentle and hold me so precious and so dear in the heaviest moment of my life, in a moment of my life where I was angry, where I was sad, and you know, where I, not only that, but that I was ashamed. He was gentle. He took me in his, um, he pulled my head to his mouth so he could speak his words of love to me. He would guide me gently. He would not let me believe the lies that the enemy were telling me. And so his gentleness, it's just as when we pick up a newborn baby, and we're very gentle. We're gentle when we're cleaning the baby. We're gentle when we're washing the hair. We're gentle when we're changing the diaper. That's the exact same gentleness of God. And we speak to those babies and we're like, you're so cute and you're so precious and I love you. And those are the same things that our father tells us in his gentleness. I love it. And so speaking of gentleness, you start your story talking about how you had had a baby and after having mm -hmm. that baby you well actually you were you were pregnant and you were released from your job and just mm -hmm. navigating life thereafter knowing that you were with this precious life within you and having concerns about all of the different things that would come right the different challenges that you could possibly face and right. there was a, a a darkness that began to set in so let's talk about that okay so i was released from my job and it can happen to anyone you can be released it could be a fault of your own something that you overlooked or um it could be a just the choice of the person who supervises you in certain states it's a right to work state and so that means i can release you for any reason and the reason that i was giving for being let go was i just don't like you and that's tough that's tough just to hear on a normal day but when you have hormones raging and you are carrying a baby that's even tougher to deal with. And so I thought that I was dealing with it just fine. You know, I was like, hey, I'm just gonna move on. And um, in between the navigation from that aspect, I took on some odd jobs because I think I was about seven, six or seven months pregnant at the time. And just, you worry about, I was a two income household yesterday. Now I'm a one income household. How are we going to make this work? And so I remember just being very stressed out about these were all the things I planned for um, my daughter. These are all the things I expected that we would do. So now there's a financial hold. How do we manage this? Will we have every resource that we need? And honestly, God did give us every resource that we needed in that time. And the darkness just came from over-processing from a natural standpoint and not putting my focus on where I spiritually need to, needed to and trusting God to provide every step of the way. But that was a very, that was the, the trigger. That was the cloud that started to hover over um, that helped to draw me into that dark area. Okay, 
so you so you talked about how um you you talked about how at the onset of this you you had these concerns but then you talked about how god met you where you were and he said something to you share with the audience what it was that he said to you so in the midst of this going through the situation the financial strain being unjustly terminated um and also i found out during this time that i had a thyroid uh, issue i had a goiter and it grown like um three times the normal size so there was a concern for cancer mm -hmm. so uh, i was needing to also get the testing to be tested for cancer and um, also plan for surgery immediately after that regardless of what the results were mm -hmm. so it got to a place of like oh my god what all is going on and i remember just going through that season i thought that i was handling it really well being really strong and then i remember just having this great sadness this great sadness not being able to um get up as quickly in the morning laying in bed longer than i normally would and crying a lot and so i said one day as i was praying i said god what is wrong with me i'm at like my lowest point so i'm like god what is wrong with me and as i'm crying it's one of those cries that's like i'm barely here lord mm -hmm. can you help me let me know what's going on how do i how do i navigate this i just need to know the truth so god says you're depressed. No. So immediately, remember, I'm, I'm crying. I'm on my last leg right here at this moment. <laughs> but as soon as he spoke that to me, I came out of that. I can't, I, I came, but I know I gave the Lord a neck roll in that <laughs> moment. And I said, the devil is a liar. No, I am not depressed. I need to eat better. I need to exercise and I just need to pray more. But that is not what it is. I am not depressed. So all of a sudden I go from this, um, this, this lady laying on the floor at his feet to hear from him, to be fed and to be empowered and encouraged to me. I'm telling him, uh, -uh I'm, I'm empowered now. I know that whatever you saying to me right now, that's just not what it is, wow. <laughs> but that's the first thing he spoke to me. And that, and that's so interesting because I think that it could be as much as I get it, it's just like our humanity could just really be ready to box with God sometimes. Like, yes, I know you can. Look, let's yes, get it. <laughs> it's like I was ready. I was I was like, let me tell you, um, no. <laughs> hey, you were this ready is to not it. Girl. <laughs> okay. Cause you're not gonna tell me that. Tell me something else. <laughs> Okay, so, so let's talk around your why. So why do you believe that it was so hard? You talked about how you were a leader in this. You work in the healthcare industry. You, you're a believer. It's like, this don't happen to believers. You, you mm -hmm. had all of these things going on and um, it's like you lead worship. You, you're doing all of these yeah. amazing things for God, but now God has turned his sights on you. He is focused on Kashanya. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, but God, I'm not ready for what you're talking about because that mm -hmm. does not align with my plan. 
that does not align with who I am. So you could move on. So help me understand why it was so, it was so challenging for you to receive. This was the report of the Lord. And although you saw it as negative, this was God's mm-hmm. report. You said you wanted yes, to know the truth. The word says that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, right? You asked, yes. you yes. received, and then you didn't want it. It's like you could keep that gift. <laughs> Don't want it, not opening it. I'm good. So <laughs> right, right. So so, so why? That? Yeah. Why was it so hard to accept that? One of it is because of the things that you stated. I'm in leadership. I am a praise and worship leader. I am the one who starts and opens the service um, with myself or a team to guide people into rejoicing in the Lord, to getting their hearts prepared for God. Not only that, I'm an African-American woman. I don't know anyone who is depressed. I don't know anyone who has, I won't say who is depressed, but who has shared their struggle. Um, I don't know anyone like that. So you want me to be the first one? You want me to go tell my mama, (laughs) my sister, my friends that I'm dealing with depression? Let me tell you something. We're not going to do that. No. (laughs) There's another way. (laughs) And then I want to say, I'm sorry, I've come cutting you off. No, go on, go on, go on, because you might answer my question. And then I want to say one of the biggest reasons why, after you put all that, I think what hit me in that moment when God said that was a great sense of shame. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I can't be depressed. This is this is anti-depression right there. Number one, I'm a Christian. Right. So all these things that I've stated, um, my demographic background, being a Christian, and then that overlurking of shame, I just, it was just not something that I could accept. And I, I literally processed all this in my mind in a matter of like three seconds. <laughs> when the Lord spoke, you are depressed. Wow. That's, it's, it's just so interesting because I believe that Anytime there is something that we don't quite understand and there is a stigma attached to it Mm -hmm. from society, we have a tendency to fall back. We don't want to talk about that. We, you know, we put our hands, I'm not doing this. This is not me. I'm a Christian. All of those things had nothing to do with where you were. What I am grateful for is that God sent a friend. He sent an angel. He sent someone that was connected to you, that was connected to him, our Heavenly Father. He sends us, he sends us on assignment on behalf of one another. And it was this friend that spoke to your mask. Ooh, girl, don't talk about it. And so, but talk about it anyway. I know, right? (laughs) Okay, so, so the mask. So, as women, 
we have a tendency to want to look amazing. We gonna shine bright out mm -hmm. here in these streets, mm -hmm. whatever you, yes. whether it's these Dallas streets or whether yes. it's Chicago streets or wherever, you know, we want to shine bright like the diamonds right. that we are. But all mm -hmm. of the time, our diamonds don't shine bright. They need to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And so God sent a friend to clean off the diamond, to give you mm -hmm. your brilliance back. Because mm -hmm. it was her coming that sent you on a path of discovery. Discovering right. what was really going on with you, with Kashanya, mm -hmm. what's going on with me? You know, you had mm -hmm. asked God and you couldn't receive from him. But see, God sent somebody that he knew you would receive from, but it would cause mm -hmm. you to really say, okay, well, how did she know? You knew that only mm -hmm. God could tell her. So God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. Because as believers, we know the word. We know we the do. word. And so uh, God used somebody that you had mentored in the past on some different things to help you to go along this process, this journey mm -hmm. that was a four-year journey. It wasn't a short journey. So take us no. into that space, Kashanya. So... Um, I have a friend and we've been in ministry before we'd ministered together. We uh, ministered as youth choir leaders together. We'd ministered in a previous ministry and praise and worship together. And we had great respect for one another. Um, we parted from the ministries on good terms and we were still good friends. Not that friend you talk to every single day, but if we ran into each other, we were still good. There were no problems. We respected the God in one another. We respected one another's spirits. And we really clicked because we are both very transparent women. Mm -hmm. So the new ministry that I was a part of, she actually came to a Wednesday night Bible study. And I was so happy to see her. And I remember having that baby. We were talking about having that baby on my uh, waist, as, uh, sitting on my hip as um, we were talking. And so what I told her was, um, she said, oh, you're on the praise and worship team here as well. I said, yes, I am. I said, but I am taking some time to refuel. <laughs> refuel. It's a good word because, you know, hey, it's safe to refuel. It's a very safe word and it gets you out of trouble. So I don't have to talk about what God revealed to me if I just say I'm going I'm taking some time to refuel. You see I had this baby on my on my hip. Hey, I'm taking a little time to refuel. And so we finished our discussion and um went home and that was that. The next day because she's had some health concerns, I got six phone calls from her. I was at work and I finally picked up my phone and it's blowing up and I'm like wow, what's going on? Um, is there an emergency in her life? And I was totally concerned about her. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to hurry up. When I get off work, that's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call her and make sure everything's okay. So I call her and um, we're chatting and she says, look, very gentle. So the gentleness started not just with God laying out his plan, but he sent someone to deal with me gently because that's what it was going to take yes. for me to accept what he had to say to me. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that he was so intentional that he was not going to allow me to walk around 
um, believing a lie, not believing the truth, and in bondage, that he decided to send her. So what happened was I called and I said, hey, what's going on? Um, and she said, I am calling you in obedience. God has pressed it up on my heart that I needed to call you today. So that's why I have been blowing up your phone. Last night as we were talking, I felt like you became despondent. And that was a word that she used. So already this mask is like, <laughs> she goes, you became a little despondent as we were talking. And she said, we never really finished the conversation. You just walked away. And I was like, uh oh, 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 Lord. Okay, hold on, mask. Stay where you at. Stay where you at. Don't move. Don't move. And this is over the phone. We're not even face to face. And I'm feeling this. Right. She said, so God has told me that I need to call you, my sister. And she said, what is going on? And in that moment, and I can still remember it, I was in my car. I drove into the garage. When she asked that question, I, did, I wouldn't even answer the question in the garage of my own house. That is how um, opposed I was to it. I backed out of my garage, drove onto the street <laughs> to answer her question. And she said, what's wrong? I started crying. I mean, I could, I mean, the, the ugly cry, the one like you could barely get the words out your mouth when, when you get on your child and you know, they're like, but, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I, I didn't mean to do. And I said, I am depressed and I am ashamed of it. Wow. So somewhere between the conversation with her, with God before where he said this to me and this moment somewhere I accepted it, but I didn't accept it. Somewhere I was still in denial. And when I had to say it to her, I felt every bit of what I had been trying to hide. And that mask just cracked in the pieces right there. I mean, there was no, even though you need a vacuum to get that mask up that day. Okay, this was no super glue situation. This was, go get the vacuum, honey. It's dust all up over here. And the mask was totally obliterated. <laughs> there was no more going back to that mask. Beautiful, beautiful. So, you know what? I just want to stay in the space of the mask for a minute. And I usually don't ask these kind of questions so early on, but I really want to, I really want you to speak to the listener, the audience, the person, because not only I think humanity wear masks, you know, Men, for instance, they have a tendency to use what they do and what they have to perceive them so that people can think this about them. So that's their mask. But for us, it's our image. It's, you know, our education. It's our independence. It's our ability to do amazing and greater things, you know? So what, what, is it what what did you learn about that mask what did you learn because this friend noticed some things about her girl but god mm -hmm. sent someone that you felt safe with that you could drop your guard and you could engage there was a connection that took place and I love it because back to your point, she was very gentle. 
So when I hear you talking about this friend, the things that we are ashamed of, the things that we struggle with as it relates to our realities, you know, it might not just be that we are whatever. It could be anything. You could name it. But if it if it causes you to feel ashamed and you feel like you need to cover up and you need to become someone different, what would you say to that person? I would say to them, and um, I'm going to share just a little bit more of the story about my friend before I answer that question. Okay. When I told her, I said, I'm depressed and I'm ashamed. She let me finish crying and getting it all out. And she said, I have been there too. Wow. <laughs> and I never knew that. I never knew that she'd gone through that situation because I saw her the same way <laughs> that, um, that, you ex ex that you introduced me, a strong African-American woman, Christian woman, um, doing and serving in ministry. That's what we saw in each other. And so she said that, she said, I've been there too. So I wouldn't say that she had a mask on all those times before when I met her. I didn't feel that, but she walked through her journey. Her mask was already gone. And because she took her mask off and because she was willing to walk around with that mask off, she was able to see my mask because she'd been there before. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what happens when you have a mask on and you are released from that. You're able to see other people. So I would tell any woman who is walking with a mask, the mask is dangerous. A mask is very dangerous um, because if you are so focused on keeping that mask on, you are not focused on your healing. You are not focused on truth and you are not focused on wholeness. And taking that mask off, I'm going to tell you now, it's going to be painful, but it's worth it when you weigh your quality of life versus shame um, or keeping that mask on. The value in your freedom, and God says that it is for freedom that he has set us free. Uh, freedom, I learned through that season that it is the most beautiful gift that we have to walk in freedom, to take that mask off, to share what's behind the mask, and to be able to share that with people who are safe, with people who love you, and with people who will walk with you. Because that is what my friend did. She said, I've been there, and I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to call you every day. Not only are we going to talk about this, I'm going to make sure you're eating. I'm going to make sure you go outside and that you walk. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to send you scripture. But if I had not allowed my mask to crack, and again, it, it was dust, no more putting it back together. If I had not allowed my mask to crack, because I could have simply, that little crack that was over here, I could have just simply slid that back over and been like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. But in allowing my mask to crack, I was no longer being isolated with just depression and myself and the enemy because within there there is a there is some enemy territory there that he is continuing to try to gain so when we allow truth in we allow light in we allow help in we allow we are ultimately allowing god in to that place that we are trying to hide so i would just encourage you find a safe place make sure it's a safe place and then take that mask off 
And the goal is not just to take the mask off, but the goal is to destroy the mask and walk in the freedom that God has called you to. That is good, 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 good stuff. So one of the things that I heard you say was you had accountability. That is another thing that came because your friend walked this thing out with you. The other, right. the other thing is that it sounds to me like this was the birthing of your authentic transparency mm -hmm. because yes. you, you were transparent before but even mm -hmm. though you thought you were transparent and you probably were to an extent right but this was something that you were deeply ashamed of and god sent you someone someone that he uniquely selected to walk mm -hmm. on this along this journey with you and I think that we can miss the value of community sometimes yeah. because yes. God mm -hmm. allow people in our lives for seasons that are unbeknownst to us. You know, if it were not for two of my friends that invited me on this journey to promise, I mm -hmm. would not be here. I would not know Kashanya Tillis unless God no. had a different avenue. But I Amen. said yes in that season and look at what he has bought to pass in this season. So community yes. is valuable to our, to our growth and development, right? So it it we need each other. Relationships are vital and significant mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. us becoming the best of all that God has in store for us. So I just yes. want to say congratulations on walking <laughs> into the fullness of your transparent, mm -hmm. right? So right, and I will say that it is a graduation. Um, you know, when you get to that place of freedom and um, you are walking over over the hill into your free place, it's a graduation. Uh, you need to put your cap and gown on and walk through that thing shouting with joy and praise because it is truly a graduation. When you look at your old self and uh, what God is producing in the new you, the new free you, you're, you're going to say, oh my God, I can't. Thank you, Jesus. I so much more enjoy who I am and not only who I am, but who other people are. Yeah. Um, at that time that I shared with her, I did not have and honestly did not totally even believe in discipleship. Um, the Titus 2 woman, discipling those under you. And so when I had opportunities to speak to other women, to have them walk with me, I was like, ah, no, thank you. Mm, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm strong. But let's, pause. but let's pause. Why? Why do you feel like you were so adverse to that opportunity of connecting? I believe that I was adverse because it was not something that I saw. So I didn't even know how to go into the process or how, what that experience was like. Also, don't tell people your business. So discipleship to me sound like I'm going to be telling you all my business. And I have been taught throughout my life, don't be telling all my business. <laughs> so this is, this is totally contrary to what I have been taught traditionally. I know that the Bible says this. Um, but this is how I have lived. 
This is what I have seen around me. This is what I hear from the women of wisdom in my family and um, women of wisdom, even on television. You know, if you watch that um, during during that time, it's, you don't tell all your business to anyone. You deal with it on your own. And so I would say that that was the reason that I did not um, engage in discipleship even years earlier when I had the opportunity to do so. Not with her, but with um, other women as well. So it's interesting because the world teaches one way, but then the word of God teaches us very different. And the word of God says to confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. What? So in order for me to be healed, I might have to expose my junk. Right. That what happened in your experience though? Your friend was able to say, you know what, sweetheart, me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I believe that more times than not, in those spaces of transparency, we have the ability to, we have the ability to just bring it. What am I trying to say, Lord? Help me. In, in those spaces of transparency, we find not only our truth, but we find that we are not alone. That is what true. I want to Very say. True. We find that we are Very not alone, true. but the enemy, he wants to keep us separated because right. our separateness, we can't be free. We right. can't be whole. We can't be healed because mm -hmm. the word of God says the way to healing is to expose yourself. Mm -hmm. so and it creates an army and it creates an army against his plan for your life right so i i'm just i'm so grateful that although you were not able to relinquish your story or the fullness of who kashanya is to women in times past that god brought you to this Amen. pivotal moment that made such a difference for your life and you were yes. able to say you know what all that aside we putting that over there <laughs> behind us and we ain't coming back for it but look at what right. god is doing today and so not only was that birth but there has been so much more birth out of you and we will talk about that later i won't ruin what you are becoming, who you're becoming, and all that you're doing. But I just, I celebrate that. I celebrate your graduation. I celebrate your process. I celebrate your overcoming and your victories. And I pray that should the enemy ever try you again, he'll think twice. But just in case he try to pull it, that your army is strong enough, that your yes, faith in Christ is strong enough to know that yes, you know what? Yes, yes. I got this. All right, come mm -hmm. on, Jesus. Not what you're saying, because I'm ready to hear now. You know. Yes, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I realize I, I don't have a choice. <laughs> well, I do have a choice. I do have a choice, but I am putting wholeness um, against shame. I'm putting a healthy lifestyle um, and quality of life against darkness yes. which do i want and so you know when you put it in that term 
there is there's no comparison i want to walk in fullness i want to walk in freedom i want to walk unashamed i don't want the identity that you have already given me when you created me in my mother's womb and even before that the bible says that he created us in um he created us alone so you had a long time with me before i was born and everything that you put in me i i'm not gonna i'm not fixing to that in the trash simply because of my pride and shame yeah yeah i love it so you um you you talked about in the in the book i'm referring to your story in the book and you talked about the the process being um four years and you talked about how god revealed the depression but it was mm -hmm. through the depression that God revealed other things that had not been addressed and you suppressed right. those things. You pushed those things down. So there was more than what you were currently going through, the fire, the being fired right. from your job, the, the rejection that came with being fired from your job. Because for someone to fire you because they don't like you is not mm -hmm. a that's not a real cause for you to be released from anything and so friendship might be one thing you know but we're talking about that i add value to this company and because our mm -hmm. we we may not understand each other but i add value and so there's there's a whole lesson in that by itself and i don't want to lose my place in this but the point that i wanted to make is that that was not the only thing at work in you were your current circumstances but just the weight you called them bags mm -hmm. i i called them weights um mm -hmm. somebody else somebody in the bible called them um weights yeah so you know the things that stop us from running our best race because we didn't address them in the season mm -hmm. that they were in front of us you know so if you don't mind i don't know what those things are but if you could just kind of share what you learned in that process and how significant it is for us to make sure that we're dealing with those things that are going on mm -hmm. in every season so that they are not piling up on us and our bags are mm -hmm. getting heavier and heavier one of the things that you talked about in our pre-interview was you just talked about how in your line of work in the medical field you would have to wear so many different hats simultaneously but you could not address the emotion that was attached to that 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 right so huge for me because i worked in the medical field and that was one of my first jobs and i loved my job with all my heart but because i worked directly with the patient and patients died every day it was a deal breaker for me i went home every day for two years crying like a baby because my patients died you know but 
I was dealing with my emotion and I'm like, my mother said, baby, you gonna have to find you something else to do. <laughs> and I think I shared that with you on that call yeah, because yeah. I could so relate. I could relate to that. So not being able to address the person in this mm -hmm. room that may have passed away and now the, their family is there and you're dealing with all of that. But then in this room right here, you, somebody has coded, you know, so you have all of these different things that you're managing and you cannot connect to how you feel about it. So right. help, help, help me bring it home, girl. Cause I'm saying a lot of stuff, but bring it on in. <laughs> So I think that one of the things that I really, um, and, and I believe that God made me this way intentionally because of where he called me to serve, to be able to compartmentalize mm -hmm. um, my emotions, because um, I started off in the emergency room and you just never know what you're going to get. So I may be dealing with a rape victim, then a gunshot wound, someone who needs surgery, or it may just be a quick in and out of urinary tract infection. But from room to room, as I'm taking care, and as when one room clears, my room is filled again. So one of the things that I learned to do very well, and even when I moved into management, was to be able to compartmentalize how I felt and move on to the next situation. Um, I call it dumping. So whatever I deal with in room one, I dump it and go to room two. So I immediately dump it and move on um, because I need to move my moments. My next moment is filled with this. I go from assessing a patient to having to start medications or drips or drugs on patients, IV medicines to sustain life or blood pressures. So you have to keep it moving. And so I, I, start, I did that in life as well. If something happened, I would keep it moving. Whether it was completely dealt with in marriage, in finances, in friendships, in relationships, um, I keep it moving. Did I finish this task? At work, my tasks were finished. But in life, because we are humans and you can't get it all done in a four-hour time frame, I would just keep it moving anyway. And so as I began to um, allow God to work on me in the moments of depression, in the season of depression, because I don't want people to think that it's just gonna, it's one second and then it goes away, it was a season. Um, and in that season, he just began to reveal other things, things that I saw as a child and could not um, comprehend well and how they affected me. Um, I watched abuse as a child and I responded to the abuse as a child, but I never dealt with, um, watching someone in my family be abused as a child. Mm -hmm. So during this season, God even brought that to me and the anger that I had on the inside towards someone who was deceased now related to watching them abuse someone I love. And so these were all the different areas that needed cleaning out um, that once I took the mask off and allowed God in, that he began to go in and dig up all these things and to say, okay, so do you know why you respond in anger to this? It's because of this. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's like 22 years old. I'm, that's what I'm dealing Wow. So as he's bringing you through the process and as he brought me through the process with his gentleness, mm -hmm. he gently cleansed out those things. And when um, something would come up and I would say, I didn't, I didn't even realize that it was as if God was like, it's okay. I'm here telling you now because your future is going to be better than 
the past that you have lived. So now we don't have to respond the same way. Now you have a new way to respond. Now you can understand that things that may have happened to you, um, getting fired, um, watching abuse happen, that those things were not your fault. There was nothing that you could do about that. Um, but let's keep moving forward. Accept that some things you are, you may have a party in, but there are some things that you have totally no party in. This based on someone else and what they what their decision is and you just happen to be there in that moment to take the brunt of the decision that they made about your life or something that you were exposed to so to close that out i would just say that once it's open once the mask is off be open to everything that god wants to clean because it's not just about the one thing god is wanting to use one thing as a catalyst to cleanse many other things so that you can be free and my favorite word from going through depression was wholeness because it's not just about i'm um, no longer being depressed but it's about having wholeness in your life and that is what um, I allowed God to do, and that is where he began. He was like, okay, let's keep on going down. Let's get from, from the tip of the tree all the way down to the roots. And that's what we want in our lives. We want God at the roots. We want God to get so deep in that thing that after he has chopped the tree down, he going under the ground and he getting stuff and snatching it up because that's what God does. He snatches those things out. And it's because it has probably been in our lives growing bad fruits for so long that he's, he's like, I want you free. Let's yeah. pick this up because if you're hurting, you're probably hurting other people too. And that's, that's, it's really, it's, it's interesting that you say that because we all know that, uh, we, we have this, this, it, I mean, it's, it's sounds very cliche is, but it is very true. Nonetheless, that hurt people hurt others, you know? And so we, we have to learn how to really take an introspective inventory of ourselves. And so many people don't do that. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about was just, you know, when I think about a healthcare professional, right? And I think about the fact that you help people for a living, that mm -hmm. you, you really, you were kind of like, yeah, I don't need no help. I'm good. I, I will figure we, this out. We're all like that. All healthcare professionals are like that. We, we, if you talk to any other healthcare professional, they would tell you, you are the worst patient. You, my people, you, my fellow healthcare professionals and coworkers, y'all the worst patients ever. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that's just so interesting. So there was a number of different things. I like the way you said that this God will use the one thing to be a catalyst to clean you and make you whole. I love that. I love that. I love it. I love it. And so when you think about that, I, I learned from our first interview, our phone interview that that you, you, you ended up getting counseling but it wasn't one of the first things that you did. Why do you suggest that that was the case? I would say that because I had a friend to open up to um, and share about the depression with, 
I felt that I had what I needed in that moment. And so as I continued on the journey, I began to share, um, I share, I was able to share with another friend and um, this friend kind of stepped into the role of counselor as well. I remember her calling me one day and saying, hey, what are you doing Saturday? And when you're in a fog, you're always doing something, although you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> and so, you know, you just, it just overwhelms you to even consider planning something five days out, you know, even to answer the phone. And so I remember her saying, what are you doing Saturday? And I was like, well, um, I'm not sure what Saturday's gonna, and she was like, look, you're not doing anything. I'm <laughs> calling you at 11 o'clock on Saturday and we're going to come up with a plan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so bossy you so know, we need that though sometimes <laughs> we need friends that just gonna kick do. the door in you know and yeah. say oh, i am here yeah. you're not shutting me out you don't get to be the boss of me right we gonna do what <laughs> that, i do today <laughs> yes and so this and this was the second friend the second friend i shared it with and so she she stepped in that place of let's talk okay let's talk talk about how we can who are you? Let's begin to rebuild who you are. Um, where have you lost yourself in the in this process? You know what what can we do? What what were, what were we doing in high school together? What do what is there now that you can do for yourself to help to rebuild you? And so we had a plan. And so with that plan and all those things in place, I didn't feel like I needed a counselor um, at that point. But that was specifically about the depression. So now once we start dealing with um, the issues from watching um, and seeing abuse, then I realized that I needed a counselor because I wasn't quite ready to share some of those things um, in those two spaces um, because it was new to me mm -hmm. and I didn't know exactly how to deal with it. Okay. And I, and I think that that's why. So what I am grateful for is that at some point you did recognize that your friends served a purpose to get you to where you ultimately needed to land. And that's, what, that's why community is so important. So mm -hmm. sometimes they are just the catalyst to where they we are. will ultimately be, you know? And so that is just, that is just so amazing. One of the other things that, um, that we talked about on the call was just how different things happen in different seasons. And in this pandemic season, it was very, very difficult for just that, I mean, you you didn't have to struggle with any kind of emotional, uh, mental, nothing. But the onset of this pandemic caused mm -hmm. much discord in the world yes. at large. Yes. And I'm yes. saying in the world, but in particular in America, the racial right. uprising, the financial yes. shutdown, the world right. around us changed significantly. My mother was in a different state than me. I wasn't able right away to travel to go see my mother. We had just come out of a season where she was having health issues. And I was just like, I need to see my mother. I had always had access to my mother, but not being able to go to travel to see her did something in me. I got on the plane and I went to go see my mama. 
You know, I had never ever mm -hmm. in my life, I have lived in different states all over America and I had never missed my mother before, but I had always had access. There was never anything mm -hmm. that was holding me away from her. I always had access. And so when I think mm -hmm. about the nature of this pandemic and it has not been gentle at all, it has touched the depths of people's souls. It has taken mm -hmm. families. It has taken careers. It has taken people's stability. It has taken so much. And what do you say to someone or even, I, I just want to speak to you because you're right here and I believe that you can answer this question. So for someone who is uh, challenged with past issues of depression, this could be a trigger to cause you mm -hmm. to move back into that space. So what are the safeguards that we need to take to make sure that we are maintaining our mental health? Please speak to that. Okay, so there are a couple things that that I practice to help me maintain um, where I am. One of them is that you have to always self-check. You're continuously self-checking. If you're beginning to feel those symptoms um, that you felt before of depression, then it's time to self-check. Because if you don't deal with the symptoms now, they're going to continue to roll down the hill in the wrong direction. So I self-check. And if I'm feeling any kind of way, if I'm feeling extremely anxious, if I'm starting to feel like, um, I, if I go more than 24 hours feeling like I wanna cry, it's time to talk to someone. And so I'm gonna pick up the phone and I'm gonna call a friend and I am going to pour it out. And many times I don't know necessarily what I'm gonna talk about when I call them. I may know a little uh, topic area, I may know the topic area, I may not, but as I'm talking through it with them and being honest, usually it's revealed as to what's going on within my heart. Secondly, um, and this is very important, is prayer. Um, pouring out your heart to God, pouring out your emotions, pouring out what you're feeling, um, making sure to not be ashamed when you are before God in the presence of God. Whatever you feel, if you're angry at, at um, your husband, if you're angry at your kids, if you just don't want to be a mama today, um, <laughs> you don't want an adult today we can share each and every one of those things with god so i, I no longer have any shame about what i'm going to share with him i don't go into my closet like you know i'm going to tell him about this part but i'm not going to say this because he already knows right. so but pouring that out before him, that helps me as well. And you need your tribe around you. Your tribe should include really good friends, um, family members, maybe your mom uh, or a parent that you can speak to or a sibling and um, a counselor needs to be a part of that tribe as well. And so when things start to get low, you need to speak to your tribe. When you start to feel those tensions, speak to your tribe. I actually had to call someone in the midst of the racial tension because I was just, I think the whole world was sad. Yeah. Um, not just myself, around the nation, people were heavy. There was a heaviness on the hearts of 
um, not just the African-American community, but those who have a heart for in, for injustice. Yeah. And so I was feeling that heaviness so heavy one day. I texted a friend. I was like, I need to talk. I'm feeling very depressed about what's going on in the world right now. And she called and we literally talked for about two hours until I just, we both just poured it out to one another what we were feeling and how we were feeling. And so since I'm able to get those things out now and I'm not suppressing them, and if I feel like I can't um, navigate that with one portion of the tribe, then again, I need to do what was done before. I need to reach out to a counselor to talk through the deeper areas that I may not be able to um, get to. And sometimes it's, it's more time in the prayer closet asking God, where is this coming from? What is the root of this? What what old thing is this trying to reattach me to? Um, or what have I allowed into my system? What am I believing in my mind or in my heart? What am I telling myself that um, has me in this place? Right. So, so one of the things that you speak to in, in uh, your story is that depression doesn't look the same for everyone because you were, when, when this thing, when God spoke this to you, although you were experiencing some different uh, challenges and some sadness, you didn't deem it to be depression. So when you're talking about depression, you can, you, you said this just now, you said, I am feeling depressed about everything that is going on around us in the world. That is one mm -hmm. thing. So you can be sad. You can feel a weight or a heaviness around mm -hmm. a, a particular circumstance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then there is a depression that lasts a season. And mm -hmm. it can be something that peaks back in at you in different seasons because transition is one of the things that really triggers depression depending on yeah. what it yeah. is. And more times than yeah. not, it is times of circumstances that cause weight or your feelings of overwhelm, being overwhelmed, you know? So can you speak to that a little bit about the differences? I mean, I don't know how much you know because you're in the pediatric line of healthcare, but I'm sure that being in healthcare and having learned about your process and your journey, you have become a lot more educated about the differences. So if you could bring us into a greater understanding about what those differences are, an event of depression and then a season or a, a season of depression. Okay. So many times in healthcare, we sometimes um, talk about depression and anxiety and they can walk, they can, they, they walk hand in hand sometimes. And so it is normal for us to have an anxious response when there's change. It lets us know. And sometimes even a depressed response, meaning I feel sad, um, I feel a heavy sadness, or I am feeling intensely concerned about a future outcome. And those are normal. They let us know that we need to work on something. There's something in our life right now, there's an event right now that we need to address. What happens when we don't address the depression is it can sometimes turn into an anxiety. 
um, or even on the other side, your anxiety may turn into a depression. And then you're walking into a season of either anxiety or depression. One of the things that I recommend is that if you are feeling um, bad, feeling anxious, um, or depressed, it's when your quality of life becomes affected that you really need to look at a deeper level of help. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with getting help. When you can't make it through a day, or you don't want to get up to face the day, um, when you're when there are emotions that pop up that you're like not used to, like the like crying frequently or angry frequently or overwhelmed frequently, then you may be in a season of the diagnosis of depression and you need further help. And one, they have multiple depression scales on the internet and Google. And you can Google and um, look at one of the scales and you can grade yourself. But then once you grade yourself, you have to be honest. You have to be honest answering the questions. And once you get your score, you have to be honest and you have to be honest about what you um, are going to do. So one of the true, one of the things that, you know, you always will need help if you ever start to feel like, or have a plan to harm yourself, then you need to make sure that you are getting um, assistance in that moment because you are making a permanent decision about a situation that could be very temporary and easily resolved. Or let me not say easy because nothing about this journey was easy, but they can be resolved in time with the proper work and the proper members um, in your tribe. So there's a difference between an event um, that occurs that causes some um, emotional responses mm -hmm. and having a season of depression or a diagnosis. Okay, okay, I, I love that. Um, and I thank you for just giving us some greater insight about what some of those practical things are that you can look for, you know, and even to go to Google, and you know looking at the scales but one of the significant word choices that you use is that you have to be honest and if you are in denial you cannot be honest <laughs> so we have to um there. i know right and so you you have to release those things um one of the last questions that i would like to ask you is how did you manage self-care and what does self-care in the beginning i could imagine that self-care looks very different than it does now so if you could help me to understand if there was a person who is listening who have just been diagnosed with depression what are some of those things that you did to kind of manage yourself to uh, make sure that you were in a good place. And then today, what does that look like? I think some of the things I did initially was um, my friend, remember she would call me and remind me, have you eaten? Um, go outside, get some sun. Um, are you taking your vitamins? And so I had those reminders 
to make sure to do things that were necessary for me. And so my initial self-care was just walking outside and getting some sun um, and the vitamin D production. If your vitamin D is low, um, that's also something that can lead to a depression or a depressive symptoms. And so that was what it looked like then. I had to lean on someone to tell me what it was that I needed. And then I progressed to joining a softball team because I like competition. And okay. so that became part of my self-care, getting okay. proper sleep, um, not just um, getting five or six hours in at night, but going to bed on time and getting proper sleep. So in those initial phases, it looked like that. And also accepting that I cannot do right now everything that I could do six months ago. Mm -hmm. So that may mean you have to get more takeout meals. You may not be able to cook. That may mean your house looks worse than it has in, in the last six months. Mm -hmm. um, your car may look a hot mess. That's okay. Your hair may look a hot mess. Because, uh, yeah, there was some times I, I didn't feel like going to the beauty shop. Um, so things will look differently. Mm -hmm. But you are minimizing the emotional output to take care of yourself mm -hmm. and that's what it looked like in that season now moving to now so i usually will pick one self-care activity a day to do and usually most days of the week they are very small like i love candy crush so candy crush is like one of my self-care activities i don't think about anything except those little candies falling down <laughs> and for whatever reason it makes me feel good journaling you can journal you can call an old friend um you can dance and listen to music you can tune in to uh youtube i love comedy videos so if i'm uh, i may just put one or two of those on a day and i even have a playlist that it only has comedy i also have a playlist on my youtube it's called feels good and it's just music that makes me feel good that makes me want to get moving and it includes both gospel and secular music so, you know, things that just make you feel um, good, that make that, that just add some more energy to your day, add more energy to your uh, life. And so that's what my self-care looks like now, in addition to making sure at least once a month that I am getting a massage and that I'm getting away for some time from the normal hustle and bustle of being a wife um, and a mom and um, co-author as well so that I just have time to sit and think. My favorite self-care, my favorite one of all, and it's just to go sit in the closet, literally, and I sit in the closet and just have time with my daddy. That is the best self-care for me. So who is your daddy the person that don't know that your daddy is God? <laughs> because yeah. that, that could sound weird for somebody. I know. <laughs> With my spiritual daddy. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So, um, so it's so funny because as believers, sometimes my my uh i've heard my pastor and other pastors call it christianese so we have mm -hmm. a a whole nother different language that we can speak really? sometime and we're not aware that there may be someone listening that have no idea what it is that you're True. talking about right so we need to clarify that's why i'm like mm, that might sound weird in the closet with your daddy 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just um I just say thank you so much. I have had a phenomenal time, but I would love for you to share with the audience how can the world stay in contact with Kashanya? Kashanya, I'm gonna stop stuttering when I say your name. Kashanya Tillis, what who yes. are you? What are you doing? What are you? How can people stay connected to you? What's going on? Okay. Well, um, my website, watermeloncookie.com. If you go there, you will have access to all my platforms. Um, you can join Watermelon Cookie Tribe on both Facebook and Instagram as well. If you like videos on YouTube, it's Watermelon Cookie. So those are um, arenas and ways in which you can contact me. If you are a healthcare professional, you can join the group Shifting Change um, on Facebook. And we just encourage healthcare professionals on a weekly basis based on various topics. And on Watermelon Cookie, we are just planting seeds, planting seeds in individuals' lives and asking that as you become a part of it, that you are planting seeds as well. Because the word of God says that one plants, one waters, and God gives the increase. And so the goal is that we would all grow um, in Christ to become everything that he's calling us to be, to be our most authentic, our most powerful selves, the fearfully and wonderfully made individuals in life that um, he has promised for us. This is a promise from him. This is not something that can be taken back. So we want to walk in that. And I just want to encourage other individuals on that journey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so awesome. You are amazing. And I am so glad. <laughs> You're amazing, Lolita. <laughs> I am Thank so you glad. for this awesome platform. Absolutely. I'm so glad that our destinies cross paths. And I just I look forward to the 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 rest because you know I just there's so much that we have in common and I just know that God is going to continue to do and develop great works through us. So again, sweetheart, thank you so much for coming on. Let's stay in thank touch. You. You're welcome. I look forward to talking to you soon. Have a good night. You do the same. Thank you, babe. See you later.